0: As a small business owner, I've had a lot of bad experiences with employees, but I've had way more good ones. I've got a lot of people on my team who I really enjoy working with. And in today's podcast episode, I'm gonna interview one of my top employees who's worked with me for years about the idea of being an intentional leader instead of an accidental employer. So if you're looking for some ideas about leadership, recruiting, and uh, how to run your team, check out today's episode.
1: We weren't getting the leads that I knew we could. We weren't getting the
0: right leads. What started happening is that our, our leads are more qualified.
1: Our sales have probably gone up by about 10 to 15% a year. We're going to
0: increase our sales volume by a million dollars in a year. Hey everyone, Jack Joss is here, and welcome to the Landscaper's Guide to Modern Sales and Marketing Podcast. Um, Right now, I'm at iLandscape 2022. This is the Green Industry Trade Show in Illinois put on by the ILCA. I just finished my presentation of the Tree of Good Fortune, and I'm here with Ramblin Jackson senior landscape marketing strategist, Robert Felton. Hello, Jack. Hi, Robert. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> glad to have you back on the show. I always love to be here. <laughs> um, fun coming out on, on the road. If you're listening to the audio of this, there, you might hear some noise from the hotel lobby. There's some music. Robert and I are wearing suits. We're in Illinois. People yeah. dress up a bit here. <laughs> it's good to be back. We're, we're both from the Midwest.
1: Yeah, it's fun. It's We both saw our parents while we were here. We both got to see some family. It's It's been a really nice trip. It, it has, it's been a great show, too. It's
0: been a great show. Yeah. And so today we wanted to talk about um, accidental employers versus intentional leaders. And so this, this ties into the challenge of the, of the green industry with labor and recruiting. And Robert and I have worked together for, we've lo- kind of lost track about four years. Yeah, I think, so. I think we worked together for a little over a year and then you left and worked at some other jobs um, and then came back and we're really yeah. grateful that you did. And part of it was I was an accidental <laughs> employer at the time.
1: Yeah, I think a little bit in the sales department there, but you know, we've talked through it and I think there's been some, yeah, I'm excited to talk about this subject. I think it's funny because it's a little relatable to us and I think it's really relatable to the green industry. So.
0: Yeah, So, so some of what, you know, being an intentional leader versus an accidental employer and I believe that most business owners, most of our audience, are like me, where you know I started Ramblin' Jackson, I was doing digital marketing, I needed help, I started bringing on subcontractors and eventually it made sense to have employees and then I was like accidentally in- an employer. I didn't really study business, I didn't really study HR and all of a sudden I had employees and I had some bad experiences. So like many of our clients, I had employees who stole from me or didn't work when they said they were working um, who just or, or didn't do a good job and I was embarrassed by it and then on the other side um, I probably wasn't a very good employer I didn't have all the right processes when I needed them the right systems the support that my employees needed um, but part of me became jaded by that experience and then when you came in you were kind of coming into an environment where I had just you know, <laughs> you know I don't know I had this is be- a
1: little I- mistrust of salespeople and it was you were a little bit I mean you were a little micromanaged I was a little micromanaged by you which I mean and I was working very hard for you but I think I mean now working for you it's completely different and it's not that you were a bad employer it was just like I mean I'm here I really like what we're doing I'm working really hard and it just seems like I'm getting met with some resistance or some mistrust and I was like no I'm here I want to do this I'm excited I love what we're doing and um, but you know after coming back it seems like you've really. I mean, you figured out how to be a great employer. I mean, we have a huge team now and I, I can't, everyone loves there. We even chose, you know I mean? You gave us money if we wanted to leave and we all decided to stay. It was one of the coolest <laughs> things I've ever seen. And I mean, I, and I was genuine. I was excited to come back and excited. And yeah, I think, but I, I do think there's kind of that period where you kind of have to be an accidental employer, you know, like you were in a growing curve. You had some people who screwed you over. I mean, I'm empathetic to what happened, and I, I understand why it happened, and I'm glad that we did the second chance, and I'm glad that I'm here today.
0: So, I am too, and yeah. you've been here now for a couple of years yeah. uh, since you started again, and our clients really enjoy working with you, and um, you are doing a great job. So. Yeah.
1: Well, I think it's funny how it kind of relates back to the green industry, because I mean, we talk to people all day, even here, and it's like, I mean, they're they're kind of getting a little jaded because people say they're going to be employees they sell thinking they have 12 employees and all of a sudden they have six and they're running around and it I mean it's hard to keep giving those people that next chance the benefit of the doubt and I'm just kind of curious how you kind of dealt with it or you know do you kind of feel how some of our employee or some of our clients have dealt with it or I mean I'm just curious I think I'd be a little Oh, they're probably not going to show up. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. just going to be like the last guy. It's going to suck. Like, right. it'd just be really easy to kind of plumb it into everyone's out to get me negative land. And yeah, I think, I think
0: you can feel that way. And you do give employees a lot of trust. And it, and it does hurt when people have done things that didn't work out for, the, for me or for the company. Or, you know, they had a real cost to me. And when you're growing your business, it, it, it can be this very personal thing. And one of the things that I learned over time was to separate as much as I can, yeah. right? It's still my business and it's it's what I do full time and I think about it all the time. But separating my business from, from my personal self. So one of the exercises we've done together from Sandler yeah. that I learned was the I-R thing. So this is your identity versus your role. Yeah. And your role in work is different from your identity in the world. And I, it's one of the reasons I get dressed for work. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, I change into my, I call them daddy clothes. I have a five and six year old and I'm ready to wrestle with them. And they know that I'm not at work. Yeah. But so, so those are some of the things that I did was I started distancing my personal life from the business in a way. Um, yeah. And that made it less of a personal thing when something would go wrong at work.
1: That makes sense. So
0: that's one of the ways that I've learned to kind so of... how could
1: a landscaper kind of use that? You know, we know that there's a big labor problem. I mean, things are hard right now. I mean, I, I hear a lot of people just like, oh, they all suck. So like... I mean, could I use identity and role in that setting? Or how would
0: you? Well, I think think that's one of the ways of just managing the stress and showing up at work is different from my personal life. But I think with the accidental employer, so what's similar, I think, with our landscape clients is many of them are good at landscaping. And many of them learned lawn mowing when they were 12 yeah. and they started their own business and then they eventually got a trailer and then they eventually got professional equipment and then they continued learning their trade and learning their, their craft and you and and what I find is and I did that with digital marketing yeah. and in the, the earlier years I went to like all of the SEO conferences and was yeah. constantly learning and, and I'm still learning I'm still doing that but what I realized I wasn't spending enough time on was learning the culture side the leadership side. I always thought like many of our clients so oh, that's kind of a bunch of BS having you know core values and a mission and a company yeah. vision I'm like that's like who needs that I've you know we've got work to do we've got websites yeah. to build we've got SEO to do yeah. but then it was when I actually started investing the time in that and actually building our core values and getting clear on what kind of employees do I really want here, and what kind of, what do they want, yeah. that that started, I actually started deliberately building the culture here. And and part of that was, it wasn't was all me, it was my wife, Kara, and you've influenced that, and employees have influenced it. But I think it would be helping businesses, that for our landscapers listening, getting, actually investing the time in building your company mission vision core values and creating a place where where people want to work mm-hmm. and part of that was deciding that i'm the leader of the company yeah. and that may sound weird but um <laughs> like you told me about this before, I, like, I, I don't know like so there was a, well you didn't one, want to be
1: the owner i, or didn't, as a CEO, I didn't think right? that
0: i was qualified to be the ceo okay. of the company
1: i remember you telling me right because yeah. i
0: didn't know anything about business and who am i to be the ceo so i never had that job title and then Chris and I co-owned the company and we were co-owners and I was the internet marketing director and he was the creative director, but no one was actually the CEO of the company, right? So there really wasn't a CEO of the company, there were just two owners of the company, which is different from being the CEO of the company. That makes sense.
1: So it's stepping into that leadership role a little bit. And I think something that I like to point out here is, I mean, you were really collaborative when we were building You you kind of decided on the core values as a leader, but they were heavily influenced by us. There was a lot of balance like, what's important to us? What do you see in the best employees? So, it's not something you want to do in a dark room, right? It's something you want to do in a bit of a collaborative environment. Like, what are these core values? Figuring out what's important to your employees. You know, what kind of makes sense in your industry? Like, is flexibility really important? Is it that structure? So can you tell me a little bit about how you built the core values? You're like, I love them. And I know we did some workshops, but there was a day where you came and you know, there's grow and die on the table, and I was like, oh, right. I like this one, it's relatable, but yeah. I was like, yeah, well, so.
0: So the way we created them was partly from reading the book Traction by Gino Wickman. Okay. One of the exercises in there is to write down the attributes of the employees that you're like, yeah, these people are pushing the company forward, I enjoy these people, I trust these people, I want more of people like this. And literally writing down what are they doing, what are, the, what are their attributes, and then equally, what are the people who I had to fire? Or, what are people who quit and like, because it just, we didn't mesh together. And it was ultimately that we didn't share the same values. And so it was kind of an exercise of, of going through the good and then also like what didn't work and then writing them and defining them. So,
1: if you were, let's, you know, I mean, we kind of talked about you kind of have to be a bit of an accidental employer and then step it up. So, I'm just curious, like, If someone's in that setting i mean how did you learn to kind of trust employees again how did you kind of what would you suggest to someone who's been like burned four or five times in the last year by people not showing up i mean maybe they have some of those core values but i mean what's kind of that thing that can get you we talk about head trash a lot i mean how can you get over that head trash because i think i would struggle with that and i mean if they kept kind of not performing and kind of get a little jaded. I'm just curious, how can you kind of break that cycle if you maybe have a clue or something? So.
0: Well, one, one thing I learned from Wayne Herring, one of our coaches, was to um, praise partial progress. So that's one of the things that, um, and another, another thing, and this came from the book One Minute Manager, is to catch people doing something right. And so part of what, uh, and we actually have our beef jerky club, yeah. where every week we are celebrating people doing a good job. And then we've created a system for other people to nominate other ramblers for people doing a good job. And so part of it's, I think, having a perspective of gratitude.
1: Yeah, those little wins and, and seeing them and appreciating and, and, them. And yeah.
0: actually thinking about what's good. Because when you focus on what's good and you acknowledge it and you praise it, then you get more of what's good. And then and then it doesn't mean that we don't like redirect things when they're yeah. off track or if there's a quality issue. and. Uh, it, it, maybe there's something I need to bring up one-on-one with somebody, but yeah. by acknowledging what's good and then kind of being on the hunt for like, hey, what's going well in the company, yeah. I'm seeing more of it. And it's part of just creating a kind of, I think a positive.
1: That makes sense. Because um, you could snowball in the negative, but you could also kind of snowball in the positive. And then, I mean, things seem to kind of go your way a little bit more. You see more of those people who are doing the same positive things as the things that you're pointing out and looking for. And it kind of can change that mindset. I like that. So we talked about accidental employer a lot. What does intentional leader mean? You
0: know? So an intentional leader is somebody who owns that role. So like when you know, I had a business partner, it didn't work out. And after I bought them out, I, need, I decided to become the CEO of the company. So it's a bit of and a I, And I wrote a new job description uh, for myself. I didn't have a job description. Right, And so part of it was owning that culture of the company and deciding that this is important. And if I'm, gonna, if I'm gonna grow the company, cause I could either, I could have retracted, I could be like a solo person doing everything and maybe I have a handful of clients, but I wanted to grow a company that produced product for clients and I knew I couldn't do everything. And part of it was, I think it's really the mindset of choosing to be the leader of the company yeah. and then recognizing what skills don't I have, right? So I didn't have recruiting skills, right? I didn't know how to, I, I remember posting job ads and not getting a response, yeah. right? And um, I know a lot of people listening are having that experience. And one, there there is, a we can always have to say, there's a, there is a labor problem. There is a labor problem. Like we problem. can't like skirt around it and yeah. pretend that all this marketing stuff is going to fix it it's not but it will attract the people who are looking for jobs yeah. right and there are they are out there so one was that that mindset and then two well what are, what are the skills that i need to learn and some of them what are skills that i need to hire other people for so yeah. in the last year our company grew to a certain point where our operations manager and I couldn't just handle all of the HR and payroll stuff, and our bookkeeper couldn't either. And that really bothers employees if they're paid late, if they're paid the wrong amount, and then you're slow responding to them about yeah. why they were paid late in the wrong amount. Like, uh, you can you can't really get away with that for very yeah, long. Like, bad
1: pe- quick. <laughs> you know, pe- people
0: will be understanding for like a little bit. Yeah. So. So then it was realizing like, wow, I need to spend more money on our own HR, and now we hired um, Guru, um, yeah. and they they are like our HR partner. So part of that was that was an expense, but I needed to do that as the leader to give the the employees the resources that they needed. So I think part of it's like one, like, do I need to do I need to spend more money on certain things, and then what are the things that I need to learn to do, such as how to lead a meeting. Yeah. Now, you've been here and our meetings are pretty dialed in, but there yeah. was a period where our meetings, like I would invite the whole company to the meeting. There was no agenda yeah. and it was really expensive and nothing was accomplished. So funny to think about because they're <laughs> so organized now. now. Now they're like... You get everything done in like one hour. Now they're work. done and like in an hour, everyone everyone in the company knows where everything in the company yeah. is at. We go over money, we go over clients, we go over if we're hiring. like we have a really efficient meeting. So I needed to learn how to structure that meeting to to do that.
1: Yeah, so just kind of thinking about bringing it back a little bit to landscaping. I mean, we, we met uh, Jim Turkin and saw his office today. Yeah. And I mean, I was just curious, can you give us some examples of some, maybe some intentional leaders and, you know, some attributes or, I don't know, some clues on, I mean, it's kind of a theoretical thing and I, I like what you said, but how do we kind of bring it back, how do I identify this, and try to yeah. curve some of those? Well, one of the things
0: that I learned, so we did a, a video for, for Cornerstone, yeah. for Jim Turkin, for C.P. Hort.
1: Yeah, C.P. Hort. <laughs> yeah,
0: and, uh, and I got to interview about five of their employees, and that was super inspiring, because yeah. they love working for Turk, and he's a super humble guy. He probably wouldn't have said all, of, he, there's no way he would even know all of these things, right? Yeah. But I got to interview his people, And they were things about flexibility and feeling trusted and um, working on a team that does really quality work. And one of his employees, um, Josh, I was like, hey, Josh, you know, there's a little bit of dust on the dash. Can you wipe that down? And he he goes in and gets a spray bottle (laughs) and several cloths and, like, made the car car perfect. And so they're a lot like Turk in the sense that, like, they really want to do a really good job and uh, let's actually roll some some clips from those interviews with, with the C.P. Hort people. Yeah, totally. So I've been in the green industry my whole life and uh, one of the things that attracted me to Cornerstone was the small business family environment. I think flexibility is important to me because it allows me to control my schedule in a way that works best for both me, my family, as well as serving my clients.
1: My favorite part about working at C.P. Hort is the overall company culture and the flexibility to really do your job how you have to do it. Still having accountability, but there's no one really looking over your shoulders and micromanaging. C.P. Hort does a lot of things different. They value time with family and the hard work that you do.
0: Uh, I like working at C.P. Hort because I really like working with the team we have. The culture at C.P. Hort is one of a family environment. We really get along well, and that, that really facilitates good teamwork. Turk is the owner of our company, and he's visible in our daily uh, daily interactions. He is someone that is a good leader. He leads by teaching and making sure that we're doing the best we can. It's the CP Hort way
1: to do it the right way every time. Some other companies don't value what you do. CP Hort does. Come join our team at CP Hort. We're just waiting for you. Come and work with us.
0: Um, so one of our clients, a landscaper, who has a noon-to-noon promise. and um,
1: Probably one of the best.
0: Okay, selling, so, so what, what I love about that is that, so basically if you call their office before noon, someone will call you that same day afternoon. No, they'll
1: call you back by noon that Oh, day. by noon. So they kind of have a call set up in the morning. So if you call before noon, you get a call back by noon. If you call afternoon, you get a call back by noon the next business day. Okay. So it's kind of like that allows them to control that they're going to have to, and manage the phone in the mornings, but in the afternoon, now they don't have to. They, they, the promise is they'll take care of it. So they have the whole afternoon to get work done. I mean, you could silence your phones pretty much at that point. And I think that's so cool. It gives them control. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Well, and so that's an example of intentional leadership. They're thinking about how do they want their customers to feel? How do they want their employees to feel? And they're making it a policy and it's part of their culture. Are, do, do, do sometimes people call them outside of that window? Yeah. Probably, but not not very often, yeah. right? So that's, I think, an example of intentional leadership, of, of thinking about what do I want the outcome to be? What do I want the customer experience? What do I want my employee experience to be like? Yeah. Um, the other part of intentional leadership is learning to write job advertisements. <laughs> Right. You and know, I would never think that. But yeah, um, that makes sense. You know, because a lot of times I think you've got to take ownership. Like if recruiting is the biggest problem in your business, you should be working on it. You should be learning. How does recruiting work? How do people find jobs? And maybe you don't become a great advertising copywriter, but you at least know how to evaluate what's good copy and what's bad copy. Who was that
1: that said that is just like, what's the biggest problem in my business? And then started investing time. Oh, what's his name? Um, Martin uh, Wade, right? Wade Yeah, Martin? Wade
0: Martin. Yeah, he yeah. Was, we were talking exactly. So we were interviewing really Wade, yeah. and I was trying to think of where I, I think that came from. Another podcast we did. <laughs> yeah, it, was, yeah, it was from Wade Martin, and and, yeah. and he's working on it. So that's an yeah. example of intentional leadership. Instead of instead of saying, "Oh, I can't hire anyone. Employees are rotten. Everybody steals from me." Okay, like um, some employees are rotten. Some yeah. people have stolen from me, but I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on writing a better job advertisement. I'm gonna do new things to get people um, applying to my roles.
1: I think one of my favorite things about this is there's, there's not really a negative and a positive. You know, there's unique landscaping, which I, I don't know where it went, but I thought something that was really interesting is like Donna said, we are morning people. We're morning people. She's like, if you are a morning person, you will like working here. You'll actually like hiring us because we get there early, we get it done. We're out of there before your kids come home. And to me, it's like, I mean, for some people, that's really attractive. And for other people, that's not attractive. It's the same as the beef jerky promise. Like, it's, some people are chronically late and they don't think it's a big deal. They're not gonna be a good fit for Ramla Jackson. That's okay. I mean, that's not inherently negative, but it's like, if you appreciate that, which I do, I know Jessica does, I know you do, being on time, being prepared, I mean I appreciate that and I expect that and I like working at Ramblin' Jackson because of that so that's I think that's something that's really cool about this so it's not I mean it's not bad to be an I mean it is I mean if you want to scale your business back and be small and you you don't want to be a big leader of a company that's okay but it's a choice and I I don't know I, I I'm getting a little tongue-tied here but I, I like that that it's not one or the other it's not good or bad it's more like do you connect with this value? And if you are, then you're in the right place. And that just speaks such volumes to potential
0: employees. So Absolutely. Yeah. All right, well, Robert, this was fun. Thanks for talking. Um, and uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's a pleasure working with you. Glad to have you at the show and to do another interview with you.
1: Glad to be part of the team. I enjoy being here at iLandscapes. I enjoy working with you. And. I mean, I enjoy the beef jerky promise. (laughs) Yeah, me too.
0: All right, everyone. Well, thanks so much for checking out today's episode. And I'd love to hear your perspective on on leadership, what's working, what isn't working. And are you an accidental employer or an intentional leader? Uh, If you'd like to learn more, check out our other podcast episodes. And make sure you subscribe at ramblinjackson.com slash podcast.